0: Welcome in. Here we go. Teal Shirt Report Podcast. Uh, My name is Scott. Thank you for tuning in. We're listening to in as many as 32 states across the United States. Jacksonville Jaguars OTAs are underway. Tim Tebow's wearing number 85. Yes, I mentioned Tim Tebow first. Seems like he's been given the thumbs up by quarterback Trevor Lawrence and Tebow has um, caught some passes even to the grapevine. I've been told that he might have even caught caught a touchdown or two in the OTAs. And again, we're just talking about practice here. But, you know, Tim looks the, the part as a tight end. We're going to be talking more about uh, Tim Tebow, Trevor Lawrence, some really good offensive weapons on this football team in just a moment. Let's talk about our sponsors, Anchor.fm. Simplest and easiest way to make a podcast with great creation tools. Also want to thank Saucerility when you're looking for real estate in really some some interesting areas in north florida contact larry saucer for a home residential he also has uh, you know commercial and uh, business uh, listing as well listings as well that is uh, saucer realty go to our homepage at bigjreport.com scroll down to the weather information and in our 24/7 weather information for north florida you will find the link uh, for Saucerility. Saucerility, one of our fine sponsors of the BigJReport.com. Great to have Larry Saucer and his staff with us as a sponsor at BigJReport.com. And, of course, here on the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast. So we want to thank Saucerility, Anchor.fm. Also, LakeUvalahits.com, where it's all good. Great Internet Radio with LakeEufalaHits.com. And we want to thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, we do have some interviews and reports coming up with, of course, BigJReport.com sports reporter Alex Nunry. He's been on the road. Alex has been everywhere, a lot of high school baseball events. He's even been to some um, high school football jamboree games. Alex does interviews and reports. Locally in North Florida and surrounding areas. So we will be hearing some reports from Alex Nunry a little bit later on uh, during this edition of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. The Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode number 32, is uh, brought to you by Anchor.fm. Simplest and easiest way uh, to make a podcast. So, dot com, where it's all good. Great internet radio. And, of course, um, you can follow us always at BigJReport.com. Talking about the tight end room for the Jaguars. Well, it's an interesting room. There's no, I mean, let's face it, there's no first-round draft picks in there as tight ends. Tim Tebow, many, many years ago, was drafted, what was it, late in the first round by the Denver Broncos as a quarterback. Going back, um, what was that? Well over a decade. Tim is now 33, and I believe when the season starts, he will be 34. But um, Tim has caught some passes uh, during the OTAs, I think even a touchdown catch or two. Tim looks good. He looks the part. When you take a look at the tight end room, you look take a look at some of the tight ends of Jaguars. They have tight end Chris uh, Manhurts, who's played in the league a few years now. Mainly a blocking tight end at about six foot six, two hundred and fifty-five pounds. Not really the pass catching threat, but he'll he'll block. Uh, he'll put the run game protect Trevor when he when he's in the game. And I'm sure there's going to be times the Jags might do you know two tight end sets, but but that may be rare. We don't really know exactly how the offense is going to look, but you know during training camp as we head toward preseason, we'll. Certainly, learn more. But uh, tight end Chris Manhurts, a uh, more of a blocking tight end, not really the big time pass catching skills. He can still catch a pass or two, I'm sure. But Chris Manhurts, tight end, six foot six, two hundred and fifty five pounds. Now we have heard in the press conference that that um, head coach Urban Meyer, the new Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, the high profile head coach Urban Meyer was talking about the tight ends, uh, you know, particularly zeroed in on tight end James O'Shaughnessy. And, of course, the rookie um, uh, Farrell, who was drafted out of Ohio State, too. I mean, this is a group that, especially alluding to James O'Shaughnessy, who now has, you know, a a handful of years in the NFL. But James O'Shaughnessy's had a couple of seasons where he's gone through injuries. If he's completely healthy now, you might really have a good player in, in tight end James O'Shaughnessy. He's kind of proven he can get some passes, block. And, and one thing I've heard Urban Myers say about tight end James O'Shaughnessy is that if you look at him last year compared to last year and this year, he says it's night and day. I think what Urban is insinuating is whatever the Jags are doing with their coaching staff, that, hey, They believe in these players, and they believe in improving these players. They believe they may have more here, and they need to be coached up The ones that are back from the 1-15 in regime. So we'll see what happens. There's new players. There's players that have been here. James O'Shaughnessy, of course, is in the tight end room. So is Tim Tebow. When you look at the guys that – you know, their height and weight. I, I went to the Jaguars roster, the official Jaguars roster on their website and Tim Tebow is actually listed at six, three, six foot three, 255 pounds. And he's on the 90 man roster. I thought it was really interesting that there's no picture of Tim Tebow. It's kind of a, one of those kind of animated, um, just, uh, animated with nothing there pictures. Uh, so Tim doesn't really have a picture on the roster, which means, hey, he's got to make the team like everybody else. There's no doubt. So among the tight ends, James Shaughnessy, the tight end, of course, uh, who's been with the Jaguars a few years now. I mean, we can take a look at the roster right now because I I did pull up an alphabetical uh, roster. Of course, Tim Tebow played his college ball at Florida under Urban Meyer. He uh, was part of two national championship teams, won a Heisman Trophy, but now Tim is transitioning to what looks to be tight end or possibly H-back at times. But but right now it's looking more like tight end for Tim Tebow. So you got some tight ends, you know, in the uh, tight end room. The Jags did draft. Um, a tight end was Farrell was um, – let's see, tight end – Farrell out of Ohio State. You know, he was he was actually drafted, let's see, I believe in the uh, fifth round uh by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's see, looking at uh yeah, Farrell was uh, you know, toward the top of round five, a tight end out of Ohio State. That's Luke Farrell. I kept calling him Farrell. His first name is Luke, that's Luke Farrell. And, um, you know, taking a look at Luke, he's out of Ohio State tight end. He's about 6'5", 258. So most of these tight ends, you know, they're around 250, 255. James O'Shaughnessy is 6'4", 245. Tim Tebow listed at 6'3", 255. Uh, Mike Farrell, I'm sorry, Luke Farrell. I keep wanting to call him Mike Farrell. Luke Farrell, the tight end out of Ohio State is 6'5", 258 pounds. So the tight end room... You know, there's – I have to kind of chuckle when I say there's no first-round tight end picks in the tight end room for the Jaguars. It's not really true because Tim Tebow was drafted in the first round many, many moons ago. But Tebow was not drafted as a tight end, and he's not played tight end before. Uh, There was talk that, hey, Bill Belichick, when Tebow was uh, trying to make the team as a quarterback with New England several years ago, you know, Tebow had – been with the Broncos and did most of his, you know, playing time with Denver. You know, over a decade ago, I guess it was. But um, you know, Tim went to uh, the Jets, limited playing time there. But he he did stay with the Jets for a little while. Uh, then you know he went to, um, you know, the Eagles and the and the Patriots and um, had kind of a, a cup of coffee with both of those teams, and didn't make the team. But you know, here lately we've heard rumblings that. You know, Bill Belichick might have really been wanting to make a tight end out of Tim Tebow, but, you know, Tim was not really agreeable about doing that at the time. He wanted to be an NFL quarterback. He's gone off and played a few years of baseball now. He has officially retired from baseball. Now he's coming back to football, trying to make it as a tight end under, you know, his old college coach, uh, Urban Meyer. So the tight end room is going to be interesting. You know, Tim's either going to be – I i see him making the team as the third or fourth string tight end. If he proves during preseason that, hey, he can catch the ball, you know, he can withstand the hits because there's going to be some, you know, big-time hard-hitting, fast-moving linebackers and strong safeties that when you catch a pass going across the middle, it's not going to be like in practice where, you know, the guy – you know, I, I saw Tim catch a ball in practice and – you know, one of the, I guess one of the coaches was there and was was playing like he was a dummy defensive player. so but Tim looked pretty good I mean he looks the part. he's got the size 63 255 pounds. Tim is in good shape you know he's played minor league baseball the last you know few years. So the tight end room is going to be interesting. There's not a big time highly drafted player as a tight end in that group. James O'Shaughnessy, Tim Tebow. Um, Chris Manhurts, who the Jags got as a free agent who, who you know, does have some NFL experience, of course. You got Chris Manhurts, James O'Shaughnessy, uh, Tim Tebow, and you got Luke Farrell, uh, the rookie fifth rounder out of Ohio State. So that's the way the tight end room uh kind of looks. So Tim's going to get an opportunity. I mean, thinking out loud here, I say, you know, you could really hide Tim Tebow as a third or fourth string tight end. He's an emergency backup quarterback, you know, probably the third or fourth string quarterback, depending on whether the Jags trade Gardner Minshew or not. I hope they keep Minshew, but they could trade him, but we'll see. You know, the Jags have uh, C.J. Beathard, who they sign? you know, that he was with the 49ers, and they signed Beathard as a as a free agent. So the Jags got some quarterbacks in the quarterback room. Lawrence is the guy that's going to play Minshew right now, I would say is the backup unless he's traded. Bethard is a very close third string guy, but uh, if, Men- if Minshew is traded, Bethard moves up to the number two spot. Um, so right now you've got uh, Trevor Lawrence in number one. My opinion, Gardner Minshew is two unless he's traded. CJ Bethard, third string. Uh, your four string guy might be Tim Tebow, the emergency quarterback. And then Jake Luton might be, you know, pushing Tim for the four-string quarterback. And we kind of laugh at that, but I could see Jake Luton, who they say he can spin it good at times, but, you know, he ran into that. He did play last year, and he had that four-interception game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I see a guy like Jake Luton, big, tall, what, six-foot-six quarterback, out of, uh, you know, he played his ball. He played his uh, college ball at Oregon State, put up some good numbers at Oregon State. But this is the NFL, and I can see Jake Luton on the practice squad. So then that kind of leaves you Trevor Lawrence, Gardner Minshew, C.J. Beathard, depending on how training camp shakes out. I mean, think about this. The Jags have a lot of possibilities. They could go with uh, two quarterbacks and use Tim Tebow as the emergency backup. I don't think the Jags want to get into a situation where Tim is playing quarterback, you know, uh, on a consistent basis. So, I'm, you know, you could see the Jags carry three quarterbacks plus Tim Tebow. I do see Tim Tebow from the tight end position or the H-back position maybe running it in inside the two-yard line, you know, in goal line situations. Tim Tebow throwing passes from the tight end position occasionally, maybe once or twice a game. So, there's a lot of uh, possibilities, you know, with Tim Tebow. I see him making the 53. I really do. I mean, I think uh, the Jags really don't have a lot of tight ends. They're going to have four or five tight ends, and let's see what happens. Uh, But Tim's got to make the team. He's on the 90 right now, but they're going to trim down to, uh, and I've got a list of the cut downs. We'll, you know, we'll go through those either on this podcast or the next one, but. They're going to start out with the 90-man roster, as they've got now. And eventually, you know, they'll trim down to late August or early September down to 53. So we've got a lot more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Just a, just a few thoughts I'm throwing out there on the tight end room and even even the quarterback situation. Um, we will talk about the defense of the Jaguars in just a moment. This is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. i uh, listen to it in as many as 32 states. And again, thank you for listening. Duval. Okay. As you know, we are listened to in as many as 32 states now. We're also listened to worldwide. And internationally, 90% of the audience is, is here in the United States now. As we check the latest stats, have listeners in Northern Ireland, UK, Newport Wells, Andy Powers, hello to you. Uh, Mad Max, a shout out to you, our Georgia Bulldog football insider. Of course, I'm a Florida Gator fan. And, you know, I've basically, I give you a lifetime of Florida Gator football. I've been a Gator fan, you know, since I was about seven years old. And uh, so what I'm saying is we've got, you know, folks here with the Tailshirt Shirt Report podcast. You know, we've got uh, Mad Max, our Georgia Bulldog football insider, who will be giving us information on the Georgia Bulldogs as we check the SEC, as we get closer to the college football season. Also, JC, one of our producers of the podcast, is our Alabama football expert on Alabama and the Southeastern Conference Western Division. Uh, JC is our bigjreport.com freelance writer and uh, of course our bigjreport.com uh, sports reporter Alex Nunry also you know big florida gator guy i guess maybe the florida gators outnumber the dogs and and the alabama expert but hey there's a lot of us and we're going to be talking sec football and bringing you that you know that that great coverage of of the best conference in the country, the SEC, in my opinion. I mean, if you've, got a, if you've got a differing opinion, if you've got a differing opinion, you can email me at scott at bigjreport.com. That's scott at bigjreport.com. We do check our emails, you know, practically every day. So email me, scott at bigjreport.com. Maybe you like the Big Ten better. The Big Ten is a good conference. But, you know, with me, I've been following the SEC since I was a, You know, since I was a wee seven-year-old young boy and, you know, when I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. And we've got, you know, Mad Max, our Georgia Bulldog football insider, too. Uh, JC is an expert on Alabama football. He's our BigJReport.com freelance writer. And, of course, Alex Nunnery, um, our BigJReport.com sports reporter who covers a lot of sports. Alex is everywhere. And you'll be hearing some of alex nunry's uh, reports coming up a little bit later on here during the teal shirt report podcast i did find that information i wanted to pass along to you it's amazing how when you do one of these podcasts and you start talking about a subject or positions on a team you start talking about one thing and it kind of leads into another well if you're wondering about how the cutdowns are going to be in the NFL, because, you know, we talked about, you know, the obvious Tim Tebow, does he make the team? Uh, I think he does. I think he will make the team, you know, but you know, once training camp gets going and even the preseason games and Tim gets an opportunity to play in the, the uh, preseason games, it's going to be kind of like, man, Tim's going to say there's fast guys lining up against me. So Tim's an athlete. He's in good shape. And we gave you, uh, you know, Tim uh, is listed on the Jaguars rosters, about six foot three, 255 pounds. If you go to the Jaguars.com roster, there's no picture of Tim, no face picture. I guess he hasn't been on the team long enough to get his uh, face picture, but he is wearing, as you know, he is wearing number 85, in his jersey is one of the hottest selling jerseys in the NFL now. So the NFL owners have, have kind of, just in the last few days, rolled out the expectation on the cuts, and this is kind of how it's going to break down. Um, the NFL owners uh, you know, basically have uh, just, you know, here recently approved uh, the 90-man roster situation to start training camp, uh, according to sources. The cuts are going to be like this. Uh, the 90-man rosters will be cut down to 85 on August the 17th of 2021. Um, so they'll start out with a 90 man roster on August the 17th, all the teams have to cut down to 85 players on August the 24th, all the teams have to cut down to 80 players. So it's going to be kind of a long training camp for most of the guys. And then finally, on the last day of August, August the 31st of 2021, all the NFL teams will cut down to that final Fifty-three. So that's kind of how it, you know, shakes out as far as the cuts, you know, during training camp and obviously the uh, preseason. So, you know, we're going to talk about the defense, but, you know, before we talk about the defense, I was um, kind of looking at the Jags offense and I'm saying, man, there's some playmakers here. Most NFL scouts, and and I've talked about this on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Most NFL scouts last year really felt that Trevor Lawrence, even in his last year at Clemson last year, if he'd have been playing in the NFL, he could have been a top ten NFL quarterback. And, and you know something, I don't doubt that. Which means another year in the Clemson system with Dabo Swinney, and now you know making the transition to the NFL here in twenty twenty one. I think last year in the COVID situation, I think that would have been very difficult, uh, more difficult than now. We're kind of coming out of uh, the COVID situation. We are, you know, at least here in Jacksonville, we're expecting a full stadium in September. I know the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp baseball team, uh, they started the season out with a capacity of about 45%. So in other words, in the stadium, it could be 45% Um you know 45% of the normal capacity. It's a big, you know, it's a big baseball stadium. Um correct me if I'm wrong, I think the Jumbo Shrimp can easily get 11,000, 12,000 people and it's triple-A baseball now some really, really good baseball and they've had some really good crowds but right now just at 45% capacity. However, coming up in the next few days. In fact, I think I've got the exact date of, you know, when the stadium and it's on the website, it's on our bigjreport.com website. You know, if you scroll down, you know, past our podcast and things like that, you'll see a picture of Tim Tebow, uh, with our bigjreport.com sports reporter, Alex Nunnery on the homepage as well. But when you scroll down a good ways, you're also going to find, you know, our North Florida uh, news, um, you know, a lot of things going on, but uh, here's the stuff about the jumbo shrimp. I wanted to pass along to you that that I I did right earlier this week. The uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp games uh, at home at the stadium here in Jacksonville will go from 45 percent capacity to full to a full 100 percent capacity beginning June the eighth. So June the 8th is a day that uh, they'll go 100% uh, capacity at the baseball grounds uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, The baseball grounds in Jacksonville, Florida, now known as 121 Financial Ballpark. So again, June the 8th, the baseball stadium will go to 100% full capacity right here in Jacksonville, Florida. What does that tell us? That tells you in September, the football stadium. Is going to be unless something you know out of the ordinary happens. We have setbacks, you know, with COVID or what have you, which uh, it doesn't look like look like that's going to happen now. It looks like, you know, things are, you know, forward steam ahead. So we're we're most likely going to have 100 percent in the football stadium at least here in Jacksonville, Florida, and and probably in a lot of stadium stadiums now. It's going to be 100 capacity. So. Taking a look at the offensive weapons, you know, that the Jags are going to have at their disposal. Kind of exciting for uh, offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel. But you're going to have Trevor Lawrence as your starting quarterback. You know, if, if Trevor can stay healthy, he's going to start every game. You know, unless there's, a you know, some kind of, you know, um, physical, you know, some kind of physical setback. Trevor Lawrence is your starter you know, basically every game. He's a number one draft pick overall. Gardner Minshew, unless he's traded, should be the backup quarterback, the number two quarterback, in my opinion. C.J. Beth- Bethard right now is probably third string, but a close third string to Gardner. Gardner, you know, Gardner and Bethard may be 2A and 2B, but I like Minshew a little bit better than Bethard. Uh J.C., our freelance writer, really likes C.J. Bethard. He told me that several weeks ago. And then you do have, uh, you know, you do have, of course uh, – you know, the four-string guy that, you know, Jake Luton that started some games uh, last year's a rookie, six-round pick out of Oregon State. And then you got Tim Tebow, who, who if all these quarterbacks are kept, Tim Tim's probably the emergency fourth or fifth-string quarterback, right, if he makes a team, which I think he will. And he's got the top NFL jersey. In other words, he's got the top-selling NFL jersey, Tim Tebow, number 85. Uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, so taking a look at these weapons on offense, and I'm going to include Tim in that because there, you know, there's going to be a wrinkle, a gadget or two in the uh, in the Daryl Bevel offense, which is being put together. It is being put together by Daryl Bevel, but the offense is going to be Urban Meyer's offense. It's going to be put together by Daryl Bevel. That's just you know how it is. Just like the roster is being constructed by a high-profile coach, uh, the new Jaguars head coach, Urban Meyer, but it's being put together by Trent Baalke. Urban Meyer, it, the buck stops with uh, Jacksonville Jaguars new head coach, Urban Meyer. Just want everybody to know that because that's that's the facts. Uh, the weapons on offense, I really like LaVisca Chenault. There's been rumors going around that the Jags might make a trade for Julio Jones. Man, Trent Baalke, listen to me. Julio is done. Or I'm not gonna say he's done, but he's almost done. He might play another year or two. He has missed games due to injuries. LaVisca Chenault may be the new Julio. I love uh I love watching I love watching. Well, Julio has been a good player for years, but but Julio is, you know, he's dropped. He's, he's not at that A level that he was at one time. You know, he's a B plus And he's kind of not ascending, but descending. I don't, I don't make a trade for Julio Jones. Some teams, there will be a team that probably will. Hope it's not the Jaguars, because I, I really like LaVisca Chenault. I like our wide receiver setup. We've already got one um, veteran wide receiver in his early 30s and Marvin Jones and i like marvin man marvin still playing at a high level he's never been that a plus receiver but you know he's a b plus and i think uh, marvin jones team with dj shark that's a pretty you know that's a pretty good combo and lavisca Chenault is probably the number three guy um so when you're looking at playmakers for the jaguars you got to say right off the bat trevor lawrence wide receivers dj shark lavisca Chenault, marvin jones i mean lavisca scored two touchdowns and in that meaningless game. But, the man, LaVisca's got a nose for the end zone. James Robinson, who had a 1,000 yards rushing in his first 13 games last year for the Jaguars. The Jags have also drafted a very fast and speedy Travis Etienne, the running back out of Clemson, Trevor Lawrence's teammate. And I'm even going to add Tim Tebow to the mix as the playmakers because, you know, Tim's in there tied in. There's always a threat of a, you know, maybe kind of a gadget play with Tim throwing the ball. And and the opposing teams have got to look out for that. They've absolutely got to watch out for that. Okay, so we're going to just touch on the Jags defense where Joe Cullen is a defensive coordinator. Let's take a look at that for just a moment because I'm pulling up the um, actually the depth chart. I'm not going to talk offensive line now. That's one of my favorite topics, offensive line. But we're not going to we're going to go more to the defense now. We've talked about the playmakers on defense. You got a couple of pass rushers, um, Josh Allen, Caleb on Chase on. When Joe Cullen, the new defensive coordinator, puts in the new scheme, as he as he's basically doing now, you know, in training camp, they'll actually say, "Hey, here's the scheme. Now let's start playing it. Let's practice it." Um, your pass rushers are going to be Josh Allen, Cade LeVon Chaseon. Those those two guys can line up at defensive end. They can play linebacker. Uh, nose tackles uh, Devon Hamilton and Doug Costin. I like the re-signing of Doug Costin, the the foreign guy who plays really really hard and and's got some talent. And uh, Doug uh, last few games of last year, Doug Costin kind of kind of played his way on to uh, a, another. Uh, year of a contract with the Jaguars, but playing well. Taven Bryan still on the roster. Let's see if he makes it through training camp. Let's see if something the light finally comes on with Taven Bryan now moving into his fourth year. Now, one thing about it is the Jags have declined his fifth year option, so he'll be playing really playing his contract out uh, here in the fourth year. So let's see if the light switch comes on for Taven because he's playing really in his final year, and he'll be a you know he'll be a free agent you know, after this year, um, Adam Goss. Uh, this is the funny thing. These guys have similar, similar names, Doug Costin. Who's a, who's basically a defensive lineman. Then you've got Adam Gotsis and Dwayne Smoot. I was really in the favor of the Jags re-signing Dwayne Smoot. I think he's played well. He's played hard. He's a developing player. And perhaps he's finally healthy because he had some injury problems early in his career, Linebackers for the Jaguars, uh, Miles Jack and Joe Schobert, the main two guys. You know, There's been some talk that Joe Schobert may not be part of this team due to the scheme changing, but we'll see. Shaquille Quarterman is the guy the Jaguars picked up in the fourth round last year in the draft, and that was from the fourth round pick when the Jags traded Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears. They got this fourth round pick and they drafted Shaquille Quarterman, who was a who played in Jacksonville, he's a Jacksonville, Florida kid. And uh, Alex Nunnery had to correct me on where he played high school ball at because I was trying to think, where did he play high school ball at? And I believe Alex uh, corrected me and it's Oakleaf where he played high school ball here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. He played at the U at Miami in college, but Shaquille Quarterman was drafted in the fourth round with the pick the Jags obtained Uh, from the Chicago Bears when they traded Nick Foles to the Bears last year. Leon Jacobs, still a part of this team. He's had some injury problems, strong side linebacker, but still a part of this team. And if he's healthy, you know, he can be a contributor, no doubt. Uh, Defensive backs, you got Trey Herndon, who re-signed with the Jaguars. You know, Trey can play some cornerback for you. you got Chris Claybrooks, an extremely fast guy who they've tried at kickoff returns. Uh, going into his second year, uh, I believe Chris played his college ball at Memphis. Trey Herndon was an undrafted guy that's, you know, he's been playing with the Jags in the defensive backfield ever since the trade was made and the Jags traded uh, Jalen Ramsey. So you got Trey Herndon back there, Chris Claybrooks, uh, Gerard Wilson, Alex Wingard, who uh, you didn't expect to play much, but man, when some guys got injured, injured, he went in. And played pretty well. And then I think he had some injuries, too. But, you know, you got guys back there, Gerard uh, uh, Wilson, Andrew Wingard, Brandon uh, Rusnak, Rusnak, uh, Josh Jones, Daniel Thomas. Uh, Then you get into the, you know, the high-dollar guys like, uh, you know, C.J. Henderson. And, of course, you got, you know, Tyson, uh, you know, Tyson, of course, out of uh, Georgia Tyson Campbell, who, who Mad Max Mad Max told us, you know, Mad Max told us, he said, you know, Mad Max said, hey, Tyson Campbell played cornerback at Georgia, but it looks like he's going to play safety in the NFL. So it's interesting, um, you know, what is going on, you know, for the, for the Jags, you know, as far as, uh, we, and we won't talk about offensive line today, but again, you got Shaquille Griffin, the big free agent signing the Jags of, you committed about a three-year, forty forty-four, uh, $44 million dollar, over forty-four million dollar contract for three years with Shaquille Griffin, formerly, you know, of the Seattle Seahawks. And then they've got CJ Henderson, first round pick from last year, defensive back. Um, so we give you some of the names of the players on the team uh with the Jaguars, of course. Um, and of course, you know, actually the depth chart I'm looking at. I think they're actually a little bit behind on this depth chart because the Jags have some other defensive linemen uh, that are not listed on this chart. But we'll be seeing the chart updated uh, from the Jaguars, obviously, as uh, as time goes on. But the Jags do have a couple of other defensive guys that are not listed on this current depth chart. But they will be there when training camp and the season unfolds. So with Joe Cullen, the new defensive coordinator, uh, we are actually expecting. We are actually expecting a much improved situation because last year under Todd Wash, the Jaguars, you you couldn't win any games. It didn't matter what you did on offense, really. The Jags were giving up over 30 points a game. I think it was like around 30.8 points per game, but over 30 points a game, the Jaguars defense was giving up. So the offense, man, they were in a hole to begin with in most of the games. Now you're going to look for an improved offense with improved playmakers. You're going to see more defensive talent out there and a better scheme, in my opinion, with um, defensive coordinator Joe Cullen, you know, and of course, Urban Meyer hitting everything up as the, uh, you know, as the Jaguars high profile new head coach. So I look for massive improvements on defense. Got to get that. I mean, in the NFL, if you want to win, you really want to limit the other team to 20 points or less to have you know a really good defensive effort is probably 20 points or less in order to win these games and defense does win football games turnovers do too big plays on offense quarterback play with comebacks in the fourth quarter so the jags improving their defense improving their playmakers on offense it's going to be a better situation you know moving forward in 2021 uh we've got more of the teal shirt report podcast coming up please stand by and stay tuned Okay, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott, your host of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well uh, right here on our podcast. I was checking some uh, some scores. You know, JU has had an interesting year in uh, college baseball. Uh, JU has actually had a losing season, but now they have come to play in the A-Sun tournament, you know, they beat UNF yesterday. They beat North Florida uh, by the score of 8-5 to five in an extra inning game. I believe it ended up uh, going about 11 innings. And JU beat UNF 8-5. to five. Uh, Liberty uh, knocked UNF out of the tournament uh, yesterday. And now JU is playing Liberty in a, a final elimination uh, a day on Saturday where... Hey, J.U. has a shot of winning the A-Sun championship. They come into this game with a record, actually, of 15-32. They've not had the best season, but it looks like now, finally, it looks like J.U. is putting it together at the right time, having a very good A-Sun tournament. Uh, Liberty's 39-13. J.U.'s 15-32, but J.U. actually leads this game. Uh, J.U. 5 and Liberty 1. And that game is in the seventh inning. Alex Nunry, our uh, BigJReport.com uh, sports reporter, is there at the game, which is actually being played, I believe, at UNF today. And uh, Ju leads Liberty. Jacksonville University Dolphins lead uh, Liberty five to one in the seventh inning. Understand, Mike Casala had a had a big bomb shot with a home run today for Ju. Yesterday, Duncan Hunter was a big hero with a three-run blast in JU's victory over UNF, uh, 8-5 on uh, Friday. So, been a lot of good baseball. JU getting hot at the right time. And if they can hang on and beat Liberty, they can win the A-Sun Championship. So, that's some of the other area sports that we cover, you know, throughout North Florida and surrounding areas. Talking about the Jaguars, I did want to go back to the roster uh, for just a moment, and I know we're missing some some folks. When we we're running down the defense, I did want to also mention uh, uh, Jay Toffoli, defensive tackle at a USC, six foot two, three hundred five pounds. He's going to be a big help. He's going to be a rotational guy. Will he get a chance to be a starter? Well, it depends on how well he plays and shows out and shows up in the training camp. Jay Toffoli, defensive tackle at a USC, who, who was actually a player that opted out of playing college football last year the you know the pac-10 was real late i think they, or they call it the pac-12 now i think but um they were real late even in playing last year so jay tofelli opted out you know he looked really good uh, obviously in uh, 2019 in his college uh, uh, playing days at usc at defensive tackle six two, three hundred and five 305 pounds he looked good enough in uh, 2019 uh, to get drafted by the Jaguars in the fourth round. So that's a defensive tackle. I wanted to kind of add to the defensive players we were talking about earlier, Jay Toffoli, a defensive tackle at a USC. And uh, Jay Toffoli was, of course, uh, drafted in the fourth round. Also, Jordan Smith is a player that the Jaguars drafted after Toffoli. He was the seventh player picked in the – draft by the Jaguars. They picked nine players from you know April the 29th, April 30th, and May 1st. Um, I understand that um, the story I hear with Jordan Smith is he used to be at Florida, was at Florida for a very brief time, transferred to UAB, became an edge rusher at uh, UAB. He's kind of a long player. He may need to put on a little bit of weight, but he's got some some speed, some quickness, some agility, but the Jaguars actually traded up to get Jordan Smith, the edge rusher out of UAB. So, those are some of the players that, you know, on defense, uh, Jay Tefeli and uh, Jordan uh, Smith, you know, two of the main guys on defense. Um, the Jags also drafted Andre Sisko a little earlier in the draft, a safety out of Syracuse, a ball hawking guy, you know, that can make plays and create turnovers. Andre Cisco did have, you know, had a, his share of injury problems, I think, at Syracuse, too. But, man, he's a ball-hawking guy. A lot of people like him. He was a a pick at the top of the uh, third round. And, of course, you know, the Jags drafted Walter, Walker Little, the offensive tackle out of Stanford, uh, before Cisco as well. Um, the three big draft picks early, Trevor Lawrence, um, the quarterback, Travis Etienne, the running back out of Clemson. And then cornerback, Tyson Campbell, cornerback out of Georgia who Mad Max, the Georgia Bulldog football insider, kind of swears up and down. He thinks, and I've heard this from other people too, he thinks that uh, Tyson Campbell will most likely, of course he can play some cornerback too in the NFL, but looks like he's going to be a safety, you know, perhaps at the NFL level is where he may, you know, earn his money, playing safety uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I just wanted to add a few defensive players You know, those are some drafted players that were drafted on, you know, defense by the Jaguars. You know, I do want to pull up the roster. And, you know, we mentioned that Tebow is on the roster. He's one of the 90, but he doesn't have a picture. You know, most everybody's got a picture next to their name, but Tebow does not yet. Um, You know, Josh Allen's a, a really big time, you know, pass rusher. I see CJ Beathard is on the roster now. Um, he's going to wear number three, as I understand it, uh, Malcolm Brown. Now this is a guy we got to talk about when we're talking about defense for the Jaguars, defensive tackle, Malcolm Brown, who the Jags actually traded a late round pick to the saints. The saints were trying to get out of kind of a, you know, a salary cap, a bad salary cap situation. So they needed to move Malcolm Brown. I mean, he may be one of the top, you know, seven or eight defensive tackles in the league. He's 6'2", 320 pounds, a defensive tackle. He's uh, spent seven years, seven years experience in the uh, National Football League. So we have to bring his name up because, man, he's going to start at defensive tackle. Um, You know, the Jags have some other players, too, that they signed in free agency. Uh, We told you Tyson Campbell's listed at cornerback, but, you know, Mad Max, uh, our Georgia Bulldog football insider, kind of swears that he thinks Campbell might be a better safety in the NFL. And, and we'll see if Urban Meyer sees it that way, too. Pass rusher, Kay LeVon Chason, second-year guy out of LSU, about 6'3", 254. Man, he, 254, man. This guy could be a disruptive uh, pass rusher, um, edge guy, maybe even linebacker, and um, looking at some of the other players that, you know, like Chris uh, Claybrook, second-year guy out of Memphis. Um, he's a player that you know, that uh, the Jaguars have used a kickoff return in the past as well. But it looks like now they may, you know, they may go with Jam- uh, Jamal Agnew, who they got in free agency that played for Detroit last year, may actually be the guy that uh, returns kicks and or punts. But we'll see how that plays out. Um, Andre Sisco at a Syracuse, if he's healthy, and, and it sounds like he is, could be, it could be a really, really good player that the Jags got at the top of the third round. Uh, continuing to, um, and we, we forget the Jags also signed Philip Dorsett, who may not even make the team, but you know, he's not going to be, I mean, he's not going to be one of the top four or five wide receivers. If he makes a team, he might be the number five or number six guy. Um looking at you know, running down some of the rest of the roster that I'm that I'm looking at, Rudy Ford was another guy the Jags signed. That's uh, actually a safety, uh, Shaquille Griffith, the big cornerback. Uh, then they got Devon Hamilton, defensive tackle out of Ohio State. The Jags, and you know, when uh, Doug Marone was coaching the Jags last year, he really had some really kind words to say about Devon Hamilton out of Ohio State. More of a nose guard or defensive tackle guy. The Jags also have C.J. Henderson, the first round pick out of Florida last year. So the Jags got you know a lot of defensive guys: Miles, Jack, Leon Jacobs, just running down. Those guys are linebackers. Jacobs and Miles Jack, of course. Uh, Josh Jones. Um, the Jags got some improving talent on this team. I feel like they got more talent on defense. I think they're going to have a better scheme. They're going to give up less points. Uh, their defense is going to play better more weapons on offense and you know i'm i'm excited about the season i hope you guys are too so we're kind of going down through the list here i know i missed somebody shaquille quarterman a linebacker second year guy um and shaquille really didn't play a whole lot last year but let's see what happens this year with him um and you know there's some of these players that they're going to play some of them are going to play special teams and thrive and staying and keeping a a job in and in a roster spot by being able to play special teams, too. The Jaguars did re-sign. After releasing him, they re-signed Aldrick Roses, a backup kicker. back up for Josh Lambeau, of course. Joe Schobert, a linebacker, six foot one guy, 245 out of Wisconsin. There's been talk that the scheme, the new Jags defensive scheme, might not suit him as well. So we'll see if Schobert uh, sticks around. You know, whether he's moved, if, if he's in the plans, he is on the roster now. Uh, Jordan Smith, the edge rusher out of UAB, Dwayne Smoot. Just running down some of the names of the guys on the on the team for you. Daniel Thomas out of Auburn, moving into a second year and talented uh, second year safety, you know, out of Auburn. A lot of guys on the 90-man roster. And you remember Damian Wilson, you know, who the the Jaguars uh, signed. He's a seven-year veteran guy. Um You know, played for Kansas City, you know, and a few other teams across the NFL. Uh, Looked like in college, he played his college ball at uh, Minnesota. So there's a lot of players, you know, that we're talking about here. Some people you may be familiar with, um, you know, some perhaps you're not. We haven't touched on, you know, everybody yet. The, um, you know, the defensive lineman, you know, the defensive lineman that the Jags signed from the Bears, Roy Robertson Harris. They're going to count on him to be in the rotation, too. That's Roy Robertson-Harris, a uh, five-year guy out of Texas, El Paso. You know, big free agent signing for the Jaguars. Roy Robertson-Harris, um, who's going to be in the rotation. Be a lot of rotational guys in there. But the defense should be, you know, I feel, like, uh, I feel like it's going to be vastly improved. We'll probably talk, you know, more about the offensive line, you know, on the next podcast. This is episode number 32 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, We're going to talk about, you know, other area sports, North Florida Entertainment, of course. Want to touch on a lot of things going on. I know the uh, in the APDFL, the APDFL, the uh, Panhandle Crusaders uh, finished their regular season, I believe, seven and three. And they are actually waiting on to see who they're going to play next week in the APDFL playoffs playoffs, that's right, APDFL playoffs, it's semi-pro football and uh, we get our information from, uh, you know, David David Martin, uh, who's also a member of that team, so the Panhandle Crusaders will be in the playoffs we'll find out soon probably in our next podcast who they will actually be playing, we'll know after today I believe, who the Panhandle Crusaders will be playing in the playoffs next week, the Southern Steam they play tonight at 7 o'clock and uh, looking at the Southern Steam, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Southern Steam. More about the Southern Steam coming right up. Stand by. <laughs> Hey, you're in the right place You're absolutely in the right place You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast My name is Scott We're listened to in as many as 32 states We're international and worldwide Listened to in New Zealand uh, Great Britain, UK Newport Wales, Andy Powers Hello to you Mad Max, our Georgia Bulldog football insider listening near the Georgia-Alabama border. And uh, JC, one of our uh, Till Shirt Report podcast producers. Hello to JC, our freelance writer with BigJReport.com. Alex Nunnery, a shout out to you. Uh, Alex is at the JU baseball game today, and I'm looking at the score. I've I've actually got a score on that game as uh, we're continuing in the podcast here as we record this podcast. Till Shirt Report Podcast on the Saturday afternoon, May 29th, in the four o'clock hour. Man, I see JU, man. They got it, they're, they're blasting Liberty seven to one today. Can you imagine that uh JU came into this tournament? They got a record of 15 and 32 now. They come into the A Sun tournament with with really nothing to lose. And man, they might win the whole tournament. And they're they're beating Liberty right now. That's right. They're beating the number one, the number one, uh, the number one seed. I believe um, it is actually uh, Ju Jacksonville University seven Liberty one. Um, I saw a note from Alex in our Big J Facebook group that that uh, Mike Casala, longtime uh, player at you know Ju the past few years, he's been through some injury problems as well. Pitch for Ju caught for JU over the years. Uh, Mike Casola had a home run today. Good for Mike. I'm, I'm glad to see that. So big home run for Mike Casola. JU had a big five run seventh inning and Jacksonville University presently leads Liberty seven to one in the eighth inning. And I think before the podcast ends, uh, we'll have the final score for you. Let's see uh, if JU can, can win this ASUN uh, tournament championship going into the ASUN tournament. With a losing record um, because JU was expecting to do a lot more this season. So they, you know, they had a difficult season. Looks like they're finally, JU's finally starting to put it together by tournament time, ASUN tournament time. Um, The story I hear is Liberty is going to make the NCAA tournament anyway. Uh, but, man, this would be a big coup for JU if they can win the A-Sun Tournament Championship. Been a while since they've won the A-Sun uh, Tournament Championship. But right now, eighth inning, uh, JU seven and Liberty one. Yesterday, when JU beat UNF eight to five in 11 innings, in 11 innings just to get to this game, uh, Duncan Hunter, outfielder um, you know, for, for JU, hit a three-run blast, three-run home run. In the Friday, May 28th game, where Ju uh, defeated UNF eight to five, and I believe eleven innings. So that's some, uh, you know, some North Florida, uh, some North Florida entertainment. Other area sports for you as well. We're going to talk about the Southern Steam. Southern Steam now three and zero. Going back about almost three weeks ago, the Southern Steam defeated the Jacksonville Spartans forty six to twenty two at the Ice and Sports Complex here in Jacksonville where they played the games near Emerson and Phillips. Again, about three weeks ago, the Jacksonville Spartans were defeated by the Southern Steam, and really a, 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 a valent and um, just just a uh, uh, an effort that was put out by the Southern Steam because I believe they only had nine or ten players at the first game. They had more players last week, um, some more numbers. We'll see what happens uh, with tonight's game. The Southern Steam is playing tonight against the Carolina against the carolina cowboys but uh looking at the southern steams uh, so far this season they've uh, beaten the jacksonville spartans about three weeks ago it was the southern steam 46 the jacksonville spartans 22 that was back on may 1st that's been you know over three weeks ago Uh, the southern steam 46 the uh, jacksonville spartans 22. Uh, then uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, there was a, as part of the makeshift uh, schedule of uh, games being scheduled by the Southern steam, they've had difficulty with teams wanting to actually play them at times due to the fact, I mean, the Southern steam, they've really in indoor football. They've really had a juggernaut, you know, they had a six game winning streak uh, last year when I first had my first opportunity to watch them play last year, six game winning streak at the ice and sports complex, but. The St. Augustine Yellow Jackets, of course, we've been in the, you know, the COVID era, and I'm not going to blame it on that. But for whatever reason, the St. Augustine Yellow Jackets could not play that second game, and it turned out to be an 8 to nothing forfeit. Uh, I was told by Coach Bobby Damerall officially it goes down in the books as an 8 to nothing win for the Southern Steam a couple of weeks ago over the St. Augustine Yellow Jackets. Now, last week, I think the Southern Steam got maybe – to the closest of having almost their full complement of players and i mean they had numbers they had depth they had talent and the southern steam i mean they just they just wore out the central florida bulls it was uh, the southern steam 73 the southern the uh, central florida bulls 6 against the southern steam 73 central florida bulls 6 and i do understand in that that victory uh, 73 to 6 that went over the central florida bulls that uh, the Southern Steams quarterback, Southern Steams quarterback, Courtney Ballhawk-Reese, accounted for seven touchdowns. Uh, he ran for and passed for a combined seven touchdowns in the Southern Steams' 73-6 win over the Central Florida Bulls uh, last week. And, uh, you know, heck, that um, that would have been played back last Saturday on on uh, May the 22nd. So the Southern Steam officially 3-0, uh, they will uh, play again tonight at 7 o'clock kickoff at the Ice and Sports Complex here in Jacksonville, Florida. They're scheduled to play the uh, Carolina Cowboys tonight at the Ice and Sports Complex, really good indoor football, the elite indoor football league. So again, check out the Southern Steam with the Ice and Sports Complex here in Jacksonville, Florida. Good luck to Coach Bobby Damerol, all of those wonderful players. Um, Enrique uh, uh, Enrique Crumbs. I'm always calling him Enrique Crumbs, but it's actually Enrique Crumbs. Enrique uh, Crumbs, the uh, the hybrid linebacker for the Southern Steam. I'll get your name right, Enrique, because he and I know each other pretty well. Enrique, Enrique Crumbs, hybrid linebacker for the Southern Steam. He played actually in, what was it, the AAL uh, earlier in the season. And, um, you know, when his time came to an end there, yeah, he said, you know, I'm going to go back and play for the Southern Steam. So that's what he's doing now. So, I mean, there's some uh, talented guys. I mean, you've got um, uh, Mr. Parks who wears, I think he might've wore number 14 last week or sometimes does he wear 24? I'm going to talk to him about that. And we're talking about, uh, you know, the guy that I saw try out for the Southern steam way back in late April before the season started. And, um, uh, I tell you, Mr. Parks, um, uh, you know, fine player, really good attitude. And, and, um, uh, Strong player uh, for the for the Southern Steam, and I believe he lives in Orlando. But you know, he spent time in Gainesville and even in South Florida. Uh, but we're talking about a guy that can play two or three different positions, Mister Parks, uh, for the uh, Southern for the Southern Steam. So again, you know, we're 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 talking about some pretty good football. The Elite Indoor Football League. It's a little bit of a smaller indoor football league compared to the NAL. But, again, the Southern Steam tonight, uh, they're going to be playing the uh, Carolina Cowboys from up in Carolina. I believe they're from from up in South Carolina, actually. And uh, the Southern Steam uh, 3-0, 3-0 on the uh, season so far. So, again, this has been the Southern Steam Report here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're going to talk more uh, North Florida entertainment and other area sports coming up. Good luck to the Southern Steam in their game tonight. <music> Hey, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Man, I had to go find uh, Mr. Parks' first name Dominique Parks, who plays two or three positions uh, on offense and he plays on defense. I mean, great player to watch, good athlete, uh, Dominique Parks. Want to give shout outs to most all the Southern team players. From uh, Courtney Ballhawk, Reese, wide receiver, who's been playing mainly at quarterback this year. Enrique Crooms, hybrid, uh, big hybrid uh, linebacker. Dominique Parks, that plays two or three positions on offense and defense. Bodie Dameral, who plays quarterback at time for the Steam, but been playing a lot of wide receiver now, where he really thrives. Uh, big uh, number 99, uh, George Bowen. Uh, Prince Gideon Hutcherson, just to name a few of the, the guys playing for the, uh, Southern steam out there, check them out, uh, tonight at the ice and sports complex. If you're listening to this podcast on a later day, don't go out there, but go out there tonight on, uh, Saturday night. Uh, most of their games now are Saturday night. Uh, the Saturday night game May the 29th tonight will be, um, at the ice and sports complex in Jacksonville, Florida, near Emerson, near Emerson and Phillips. As the Southern Steam tonight, they're getting prepared um, to play the Carolina Cowboys from up in the uh, South Carolina area. So, you know, check out our website, too. We do have uh, some of the video from the last couple of Steam games at BigJReport.com. Uh, you know, want to say hello to, uh, to, to Kent, who's the center of On the Southern Steam team, I'm getting to know more and more of the players now. We first started going to Southern Steam games last year in uh, 2020 when the Southern Steam was, I mean, the Elite Indoor Football League was really the only indoor football league operating when, you know, the NAL closed down due to COVID and all of 2020, the entire National Arena League season was canceled uh, due to COVID-19. Um, The center for the Southern Steam is Kent Garnett, who's been playing, uh, you know, semi-pro football and indoor football, um, you know, for a long time, obviously. Uh, Check out our BigJReport.com Facebook group, where you can see some of the action of Southern Steam football on the BigJReport.com Facebook group. You know, of course, on our website at BigJReport.com, you can also find uh, some of the video and broadcast of the last couple of Southern Steam games to kind of check out how the Southern Steam games are. Uh, National Arena League uh, is going to get cranked back up. In fact, it's already started. There was a game between the Carolina Cobras and the Jersey flight last night on uh, Friday night, May 28th, to kind of actually get the National Arena League season started. And I understand the Carolina Cobras won that game. I believe it was 45-42. to 42. Carolina Cobra's 45, the Jersey Flight 42, and and, and thus last night kicks off the National Arena League uh, season. As I checked on the Jacksonville Sharks and when they start playing, and of course, I will tell you that if you want to watch National Arena League football, you know, there's there's a team in Columbus, Georgia, the Columbus, Georgia Lions uh, that play up in Columbus. The Orlando Predators obviously play in Orlando, and the Jacksonville Sharks play at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena here in Jacksonville. Uh, When the Sharks open their home slate up on Saturday, June the 12th, they will host the Orlando Predators. It'll be the Orlando Predators at the Jacksonville Sharks on uh, Saturday evening, June the 12th, at what they call the Shark Tank, as uh, the Jacksonville Sharks are actually defending their NAL title from 2019 because the entire 2020 season was canceled in the National Arena League. But we understand now that at the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena, they are expecting now finally, it's been announced, they are expecting a near 100% capacity that a lot of the, the sanctions are, are being lifted because of covid over the last you know, year and four months, uh, basically. I mean, I'll say actually a year and in, in, uh, three months, uh, going back you know, to mid, um, probably mid-March of uh, 2020 last year. But they are expecting near 100% capacity at the Five Star Veterans Memorial Arena. The Orlando Predators will play at the Jacksonville Sharks in a National Arena League uh, football game. Also, um, Going back to last week, um, you know, actually over a week ago now, the FCFL championship game was played uh, down in South Florida. The Argyle Avengers had to travel down there to play Broward in the FCFL championship game. It was a good game. I mean, a lot of defense, close game. However, Broward got the victory uh, last week. The Broward outlaws 14, the Argyle Avengers 12. But we did want to mention the Argyle Avengers and the FCFL. Uh, I had a chance to go to a, a St. Augustine Yellow Jackets game uh, several weeks ago at their at their stadium, which is is actually located, I think, on Duval Street in St. Augustine. So a big Duval to the St. Augustine Yellow Jackets because at their stadium, they actually play on Duval Street, but it's in St. Augustine. That's interesting, right? Okay, so that's some of the other area sports as far as semi-pro and indoor football. Again, the Orlando Predators play at the Jacksonville Sharks on Saturday, June the 12th of 2021. On Saturday night, June the 12th, hope you get a chance to be there. Southern Steam Plays tonight, the Southern's team 3-0 and so far. One of their victories included an 8-0 uh, forfeit over the St. Augustine Yellow Jackets. But hey, last week, man, the Southern's team wore out. I mean, they just wore out the Central Florida Bulls every which way but loose, 73-6. Hey, the Bulls were ready to call it quits and basically did uh, somewhere late in the third quarter. So, again, that is um, some of the other area sports. We are going to be checking in with Alex Nunry and get some of the, uh, some of his latest um, reports and interviews here on the Till Shirt Report podcast today. Uh, we're also going to take a look at some of the concerts. I know the Molly Hatchett Show uh, was scheduled for the Florida Theater last night. I missed that show, didn't get a chance to go see uh, uh, Molly Hatchett play. Um, you know, at the Florida Theater, that was not in the plans. I have been to concerts at the Florida Theater. I've seen the Alan Parsons Project over there. Uh, who else have I seen at the Florida Theater? Boss Gags was a really good show. Natalie Merchant, I saw that one. And of course, at the Florida Theater, they've been running at about 50% capacity. Got to wear your mask, social distancing. But again, as we head with this COVID situation, we start kind of heading toward what they call is kind of uh, herd. What is it? Herd um, immunity. Um, More and more people are going to be allowed to go to these games. And that's what's that's what's happening around Jacksonville and, you know, other parts of the country as well. So we'll let you know, you know, when we find out more. But it does appear the Sharks game on June the 12th will be near 100 percent capacity around June 8th. The uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp game at the ballpark. In downtown Jacksonville, will also they will go from forty-five percent to one hundred percent at the baseball grounds in Jacksonville. As of course, um, you know the baseball park. Let's see, is is actually known. It's got a new name now. It's Financial Park now, right? Let me pull that up again. I'm getting used to the new name of the um, the ballpark over there. You yeah, have the Jumbo Shrimp now. You know, they play basically, they've been playing at the baseball grounds in Jacksonville, Florida, but now known as 121 Financial Ballpark uh, here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Checking the uh, concerts, let's uh, go back and take a look at the concerts again. Molly Hatchett. Uh, played a show at the Florida theater that was uh, Friday night uh, May the 28th hope they had a good show. I haven't gotten any, any reviews on it yet. If you have a review if you've been to the Molly Hatchet Show here in Jacksonville at the Florida theater, hey write to me at Scott at Report.com. Scott at uh, let me know how the show was if you had a chance if you um, you know by any chance had a chance to go. Um, some other shows that are coming up and we haven't updated you know all the shows but you know we do recommend certain ones to go to like you know i, I wouldn't have minded uh, going to molly hatchet it's been really really busy around the big j report but molly hatchet uh played last night friday night may the 28th again back on may 28th at the florida theater here in jacksonville florida uh, how about this one, Green Day with uh, Fall Out Boy and Weezer on July 31st of 2021 at 5.30 p.m. at the TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida. Also, this big one that was um, you know, actually canceled or postponed last, last year. Uh, Motley Crue and Def Leppard with Poison at TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida on Saturday, August the 7th in Jacksonville, Florida, cranking up at 4.30 PM and continuing through the evening. And at night on Saturday night, August the 7th, you know, at the TIA bank field here in Jacksonville, Florida, that's on Saturday, August the 7th of 2021 in Jacksonville, Florida, beginning at 4.30 PM. that will be Motley Crue and Def Leppard with poison at TIA bank field here in Jacksonville, Florida, Elton John, uh, you know, has his, uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour in 2022. Uh, We'll come to Jacksonville about three months into the tour on April the 23rd of 2022 at the ViStar Veterans Memorial Arena uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. A couple of other shows I kind of jotted down I wanted to tell you about. Uh, The Jacksonville Symphony, you know they're always a lot of fun to watch and uh, very uh, very good musicians. The Jacksonville Symphony will play on Saturday, June the 12th of 2021 at the Jacob Symphony Hall at the Times Union Center Performing Arts um, here in Jacksonville, Florida. That is the venue that was formerly known as the Civic Auditorium when I was growing up in Jacksonville, Florida. Now it's known as the Times Union Center. Uh, Also, the, um, let's see, Tedeschi Trucks Band. I always have a hard time pronouncing this. The Tedeschi Trucks Band. I think that's right. Right. The to the Dexcy, the Dexy trucks bed will be at daily's place on Saturday, June the 12th, same time, the basically the same night the, at the, that the Jacksonville symphony is playing at the times union center performing arts uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. So the Dexy, the trucks, uh, Tadeuski Trucks Bed Daly's Place, Jacksonville, Florida, eight o'clock p.m. If you don't know where Daly's Place is, it's right next to the stadium, at TIA Bank TIAA Bank Field. Um, you know we've got that that wonderful Daly's Place over there that I know Shotcom, the owner of the Jaguars, is very very proud of. But at Daly's Place, there've been a lot of great shows over there, and now um, Tudeksky, uh Tedeschi Trucks Band, the Tedeschi, oh man, that's a difficult one to say, right? The TT Band, right? Uh, Tedeschi Trucks Band, Daily's Place, Saturday, June 12th, 8 o'clock p.m., Daily's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Tedesky Trucks Band, maybe I said it right that time. Man, that's a difficult one. That's a tongue twister, right? Uh, if you have any information about shows that you'd like to share, you can always write to us at um, Scott at BigJReport.com. That's Scott at BigJReport.com. So those are some of the shows that are coming up. The Tedeschi Trucks Band. Hey, I think I got it that time. Tedeschi Trucks Band. Uh, Saturday Saturday evening, June 12th at Daly's Place, Jacksonville, Florida, 8 o'clock p.m. So some shows coming up here in the Jacksonville area. And it looks like we're, you know, getting back to um, at most all the venues. It looks like we're getting back to uh, near 100 percent capacity in June for the you know baseball stadium, for the arena. And a lot of the concert venues, is, it's heading that way as well. Uh, we're going to check in with Alex Nunnery and uh, get some of Alex Nunnery's uh, reports, um, you know, concerning, you know, high school uh, baseball, high school football, jamborees. Alex covers semi-pro football, indoor football, ice hockey. I, I never know where Alex is going. He'll let me know most of the time. But Alex Nunnery is, heck, he's everywhere. ASUN championship game. Let's see. It looks like JU is close to wrapping this thing up. It's in the ninth inning. Jacksonville University 7, Liberty 1. I know Mike Casale has already hit a home run in this game. Jacksonville has seven runs, eight hits, one error. Liberty, one run, seven hits, one error. So, Jacksonville, they've made their their hits count more. Uh, The big blow, I guess, for for Jacksonville and even for Liberty was the fact that JU scored five runs in the bottom of the uh, seventh inning. They're in, they're in the top of the ninth inning. Looks like Liberty is batting no outs. And uh, we'll check in with Alex and get some, some of his recent reports and interviews. And hopefully we'll have the uh, final score of this JU game before the end of the podcast. Right now it's JU seven, Liberty one in the ninth inning. Right now, though, let's uh, join Alex Nunry. And um, Alex Nunry is our BigJReport.com uh, sports reporter. He also does interviews. He does uh, interviews. Um, again, he does interviews and um, uh, reports on the Teal Shirt Report podcast as well. Let's now join Alex Nunry and some of his latest reports and interviews. Alex Nunry, BigJReport.com uh, sports reporter.
1: Uh, Here now is Alex Nunnery. Alex? Ladies and gentlemen, congrats to the St. John's Country Day School Spartans. The Spartans won 3-2 over Mount Dora Christian Academy this morning in the state semifinal game in Class 2A. The Spartans won the game. The Spartans, led by Connor Moore, it is his 11th home run of the season. Jordan Taylor with two hits for the Spartans. Those are both seminal commits. And UNF commit, Fan Howell does what he does best. Pitched seven really strong innings. The Spartans will play in their first ever state championship game tomorrow at 4 p.m. against the Out of Door Academy Thunder. Ladies and gentlemen, this past Mother's Day, the city of St. John's County, or the city of Fruit Cove, Florida, which is where Bartram Trail High School and Creekside High School is located, lost a very young girl and Miss Tristan Bailey. Tristan was only 13 years young. She was killed by a 14-year-old Aiden Fucci. Ladies and gentlemen, our thoughts and prayers are with the family of Tristan Bailey. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Tom Stanton, before becoming the head coach at Ponte Beach High School was a really good assistant coach at Episcopal High School under Mike Jones, Lace Chillman. Before becoming the Mosley High School head baseball coach, coach John Hudson played his college baseball at the University of Kentucky. He's a Kentucky Wildcat. He also coached a really really good powerhouse program in Kentucky before becoming the Mosley Dolphins head baseball coach ladies and gentlemen Mosley High a really good baseball program they made the final four a ton of trips the winner tonight will go to the final four ladies and gentlemen Juan Vitra They won the state championship about five or six years ago under head coach Tom Stanton. One of the the best head coaches in the Jacksonville area is Mr. Tom Stanton. Ladies and gentlemen, the Mosley High Dolphins, they're led by a few really good baseball players. Just a very good overall team. Mosley High Dolphins, led by their outfielder, JU commit, Ethan Campbell. Also, catcher, a Lipscomb commit, Coleman Rowan. Also an outfielder. And the starting pitcher tonight, a Notre Dame commit, Jaden Rudd and an outfielder and a first baseman, a LaGrange college commit, David Hudson. Also, a very good underclassman infielder, Cole Horton. The Dolphins, their most noble alumni, the great, J.J. Ladies and gentlemen, the Dolphins from Mosley High School coming to tonight's game with a really good record of 24 and five. Their head coach is Mr. John Hudson. He's been here since 2015. And ladies and gentlemen, the Palm Beach Sharks, their record at 13 and 14. Their head coach is their very own Mr. Tom Stanton. The Sharks, they've had up and down season. They're led by Two really good pitchers, a senior, a UNF commit, Scott Greismer. and ladies gentlemen, a freshman, a Duke commit, Matt Hogue. Ladies gentlemen, congrats to the St. John's Country Day School Spartans. The Spartans won three to two over Mount Dora Christian Academy this morning. In the state semifinal game in Class 2A, the Spartans won the game. The Spartans, led by Connor Moore, hit his 11th home run of the season. Jordan Taylor with two hits for the Spartans. Those are both seminal commits. And UNF commit Finn Howell does what he does best: Pitch seven really strong innings. The Spartans will play in their first ever state championship game tomorrow at 4 p.m. against the Out of Door Academy Thunder. Ladies and gentlemen, good luck to the Bull School as they will play at Pensacola Catholic tonight at 8 p.m. And good luck to the Baker County Wildcats as they will play at North Marion tonight. Those both are regional championships. Ladies and gentlemen, there's five schools in Jacksonville remaining in the playoffs. There could very well be five schools in the state championship or the final four. Fleming Island, And St. John's Country Day are the only two schools that have won and are advancing to the state playoffs in this Final Four. Ladies and gentlemen, the starting pitcher for the Moseley High School Dolphin. 5-1 on this season. With a terrific ERA of 1.39 on 20 walks and 68 strikeouts. That's a left handed pitcher. Number 24, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish commit, Jaden Rudd. Ladies and gentlemen, and making his 11th appearance on the mound for. Are- Ponte Vedra High School, the Sharks. That's number five, a UNF commit. Scott Grismer. Grismer comes into tonight's game at four and three, with sixty walk, sixty strikeouts, and twenty three walks. He's a UNF Osprey commit once again. Scott Grismer. Ladies and gentlemen, the team. leading hitter for Pantavitra is a junior. Hitting 323 play. on last season, number 25, Four Tyler Bernstein. Be Ladies gentlemen, and the that's leading that's hitter,
2: that's
1: for, that's hitter
2: for the Dolphins. Dolphin. Number eighteen their
1: 13, designated 13 hitter, a class of number twenty 14, twenty-three four twelve, average number twenty-three, Jacob Payne. The, coach for the Mosley Dolphin, assistant and the head coach of the Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Hudson. Coach John Hudson. Assisted by Blake Norred, Lance Stewart, Bailey, Colin, Hartzog, and, 14, and Brett.
2: The Duvall, championship game, coach Fowler, three, Tom Stan,
1: assisted by Heath Story, Brad four, Kessel, eight, Rick Wilkins, six, Scott eight, Kovacs, eight, and Mike Tyfer. Four, Ladies and gentlemen, the score here in the top of the fourth inning It's the Mosley High Dolphins from Lynn Haven. Panama City area, 11. And the Pine Beachers Sharks, nothing. Rock Holland for the Mosley High Dolphins with a home run tonight for the Mosley High Dolphins. Jaden Rudd, the pitcher for the Mosley High Dolphins, doing really good. Ethan for the Mosley High Dolphins doing really good as well. The Mosley High Dolphins nine outs away from booking their trip for the Sharks to the, the 5A Final Four. Jaden Rudd for the Mosley High Dolphins. Five strikeouts on the Three walks, two hits allowed, one earned run, and four innings pitched. That's number 24, a Notre Dame commit for the Mosley High School Dolphins. Jaden Rudd. Number four, Rock Holland for the Moseley High Dolphins. He's three for three with two RBIs. One of those hits. A very long home run for the Dolphins from Moseley High School. We're in the top of the fifth inning. The score, the Moseley High School Mighty Dolphins from Panama City area, 11. And the Palm Beachers Sharks, 1. Ladies and gentlemen, Moseley High School, Panama City. Lynn Haven is the town, but it's right near Panama City. Lynn Haven, about four to four and a half hours away from here in the river city of Jacksonville. Lynn Haven, about two hours from the Alabama line. And about an hour from Pensacola. But but your score on the top of the fifth inning, Mosley High Dolphins 11 and the Pine Beach Sharks 1. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach John Hudson has made his way to the mound as that will be it for Jaden Rudd. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish Commit. Five strikeouts on three walks, two hits, and one earned run allowed, and four really good innings for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish commit, Jaden Rudd. Also one for four with one RBI for the Dolphins. Scotty Now pitching the bottom of the fifth inning for the Dolphins. That's number 13, Blake Thomas. Your score in the bottom of the fifth inning, the Mosley High Dolphins, 13, and the Palm Vedra Sharks, one. <laughs> Ladies and children, that will do it for the final here at the Shark Park of Ponte Vedra High School. The score, Mosley High School Mighty Dolphins 13 and the Palmer Future Sharks 1 Mosley High School will play in the final four of class 5A Good luck to Mosley High School. We will have interviews from a couple of the Mosley Dolphins players. we're here with the notre dame fighting irish commit Jaden run one heck of a game how did you pitch tonight
2: um really I, I had to battle through through not my best stuff but um i'm happy we got out here got the job done i got some outs uh, had to battle through um not having my best night up there but i'm just happy we got the win we hit the ball around like uh, one of the best teams I've ever seen. I'm just happy to see um, us be able to win without, uh, you know, our team's best stuff. And, you know, the team really had the whole lineup had my back tonight. And I'm just happy for uh, with the way we played.
1: All right. How is it like going to school next year and one of the powerhouses, in the ACC and Notre Dame?
2: Um, it's just exciting. I'm really excited to get up there. Um, You know, I think it's really turned into one of the premier programs in the country. Um, I'm excited to be a part of it. Got a great coaching staff, great campus, great teammates, and I'm ready to be a part of it. But I'm uh, hoping to uh, finish this year off.
1: All right, we're here with Rock Holland, Four for four, four RBIs, a bomb as well. How did you play tonight for the Mosley Dolphins? Well, I played all right, but I'm proud of the boys and how we came together to get this one. All right. How, how is it like seeing you hit the ball hot? Or have you been on a tear like that all year? Um, well, I just started getting hot during the beginning of the playoffs. And I hope I can ride the wave to the, to the state championship. All right. Go win a 5A title, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. What's your name? All right. all right. We're here with the Mosley Dolphin star and in the, in the JU Dolphin. <laughs> Dolphin to dolphin, but how did you play tonight, Ethan? I started
2: off kind of not hot, but they ended up, you know, intentional walking, putting me up, and turned it on right then. I hit, hit a ball dead center, and I'm getting a double out of it. But unfortunately, running home when I scored,
1: uh, tweaked my handy a little bit, but we'll be all right. All right. How is it like playing where you'll be playing the next four years of college ball? And, at Ju. I'll be excited. Well, thank you. I'll be really excited. I'm ready to ready to start. To be honest. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. you too. We're here with David Hudson, little Grange College commit. How did you play tonight? Um, not seeing the ball too well, but ex- expecting to get hot towards the right time. All right. How was it like playing in the? Final four again for, like, the third time in your high school career.
2: It's awesome playing in the final four in one of the biggest stages of my baseball
1: career right now with my best friends. All right. Time to go win one as well. <laughs> yes, sir. But good luck out Greens, man. Thank you. We're here with Coach Hudson, uh, the Mosley High Dolphin. Thank you.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate you. all you do. Let's do it on the way home if you want.
1: You? I can't do How- it. How- how did y'all play tonight, Coach? Well, I was really proud of how we played. You know, we've been practicing well, and these guys are focused on uh, getting back to a Final Four. You know, they
2: didn't get a chance to do it last year with the pandemic. So these guys, uh, you know, set a set a goal at the beginning of the year to get back there to the Final Four. So I'm proud
1: of them. Yes, sir. Of all your teams, is this one of the best team they've coached in Florida and Kentucky, or?
2: You know, it's hard to say. Uh, it depends on what we do the next two games. Uh, if, if these guys come out and prove
1: that they're good enough to win the next two games, then uh, they, they would be considered the best team I've coached. It's a great group of guys, and I can say they uh, haven't had a group that's worked any harder than this group has. Yes, sir. Good luck against Jefferson, most likely.
2: <laughs>
1: We're here with the Lipscomb commit, the Mosley catcher, Coleman Rowan. How did you? How did you play tonight? I
2: thought I played okay. I, I definitely I hit a couple of baseballs hard, and I had a had a good game behind the plate. So was, we keep playing like that as a whole, and I keep doing my job back there. We got a good shot to win the whole thing.
1: How is it like catching one of the best pitchers in probably the state of Florida? One of the most underrated in the state of Florida. It's a lot
2: of fun. He's he's real good, and he uh, he does his job really well. And I get to help him do his job, and it's a lot of fun to make him look good. All right,
1: how about Lipscomb? They, have you talked to Coach a lot? Or
2: I have, I have. We actually we talk about it once a week, and he's we, we text often. Looking forward to getting up there, and uh, I'm getting up there this summer, starting pretty early, and
1: it'll be a lot. It'll be a lot of fun, good time. All right, thank you. Of course. I mean, we're here with Cole Horton, one of the hottest hitters for Mosley. How did you play tonight?
2: Uh, hitting the ball did all right. Uh, I was, I think I was over for the night with two sacrifice flies, which has got two RBIs for. The, 13 run score we put up there and played somewhat decent on defensively and have many balls hit me did a great pitching from Jaden into he a heck of a game but other than that I think our team came out here and hit the ball and we
0: did all we could do and played defense behind him
1: Alright, how is it like playing quarterback behind one of the best offensive linemen Strickland that South Alabama commit?
2: Oh, that's awesome, I mean you got good protection on you, on your backside, knowing you got somebody big and Big, better right, for a big body to help block and hold everything up. But other than that,
1: hopefully, we win another football, game more, more football games with him. All right, go and stay shame you shit. We're here with Guy Grizmer, right? Grizmer, Grizmer, yep. The UNF commit, one heck of a career at Palm Beach. Right? But how? How is it like playing for Coach Stanton, one of the best in Jacksonville? Honestly, it was a it was a great experience. You know, coming to a new school my freshman Thanks. year, didn't know what to expect, but uh, wouldn't have Call traded it back. for the Don't world. Past four the years have been some of the greatest years of my life, especially on the baseball field. All right, how is it like going to play under Coach Parentson next year at UNF? Uh, hopefully it's a blast. I've heard great things about him. And I'm really looking forward to it. All right. Thank you. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Alex Nunnery.
2: We are here at University
1: Christian School of Jacksonville for a terrific spring football game. Yes, that's right. Spring football between the visiting Terry Parker Braves and the home team, the University Christians, fighting Christians. The Braves,
2: they come off a district championship. The Christians, they come
1: off a state runner-up in Richard, Class 2A. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, sports. the head coach at Terry, Terry Parker Terry High School and and is the, the legend, oh. former oh. Bulls, Bulls see star see and former Florida, Florida State and Seminole and star Sharon hey. at Dorsey and,
2: Dorsey. Spectators are responsible
1: and Ladies and gentlemen, the head coach the of the Olympic Olympic
2: that is due University to Christian, Fighting Christian. Dave Penland, our team, the third.
1: Ladies gentlemen, the leaders serve. for the Terry Parker Braves. You got, you have one of the best quarterbacks. He's only a junior. Alabama is looking at him. He has over twelve scholarships. That's number one Roman Dole. You also have the leading tackler from last year. He's a senior. Damani
2: Dim. You also have
1: Tyrek Williams for the Parker Braves.
2: Ladies
1: and play. a minimum of 30 minutes
2: required
1: The stars for the University Christian, Fighting Christians. The seven time. Make it eight, nine times State Champions, University Christian, Fighting Christians. That's the running back. He's a sophomore. Won the best with over 1,000 yards last year. That's Orel Gray. Green you have location. Jawan Gray. And you have
2: standing for
1: the quarterback, well, we Desirio America Riles.
2: America.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we want to congratulate the St. John's Country Day School Spartans baseball team on one heck of a season unfortunately the spartans lost in the state championship game in class 2a today to out of door academy thunder the score was five to three but ladies and gentlemen one heck of a season for the st john's country day school spartans baseball team What a season they had as well. Connor Moore with 11 home runs for the Spartans. He's a Florida State commit. Lay gentlemen, Here come the Christians from University Christian High School. The nine time state champion, 1973 1987. 1989, 1991, 1992, 1994, 2012, 2015, and
2: 2016.
1: We're approaching the end of the first quarter here at University Christian School of Jacksonville. Tonight's game will only be three 12 minute quarters with five minutes in between each quarter. The score, with 29 seconds remaining in the first quarter, University Christian School, the Fighting Christians eight. Terry Parker, the Braves, nothing. Genoa, all third for University Christian. He's a ninth grader with the touchdown catch for the Christian. Orell Gray, one of the best running backs in the country. He's only a sophomore with a two-point conversion for the Christians. Quarterback number 11, Desirio Riles. That's Gray, the ball carrier, brought down by a host of Braves on the play. Terry Parker, the Braves. First district championship last year in 20 years. Their head coach, the one and only Mr. Sharon Dorsey. Touchdown, Christians. That's number 11, DeSirio Royals. University Christian leads it 14 to nothing with 2.47 left in the second quarter. There's a bunch of spring football action this week and next week. I will be at Orange Park High School tomorrow night to see Bulls play Orange Park. That's number eight for Terry Parker. A beautiful catch. First down, Braves. That's another University Christian touchdown. Desirio Riles with his second touchdown of the game. William. Belton with the two-point conversion for the Christians. They lead Parker 22 to nothing with 7-12 in the football game.
2: For the Christians.
1: Doyle's pass is intercepted by it's number nine. Marcus Marshall. University Christian football at the 39. With 219 remaining, the score, University Christian 22, Terry Parker, nothing. We do have some have important one, moves. Second
2: down and nine
1: to go for the Christians. St. Joseph's Academy Flashes have announced officially their head baseball coach is former Angels pitcher and former Wolfson high school pitcher Eric Hurley Hurley has been announced the head baseball coach at St. Joseph's Academy Flashes Coach Philip Weiser the previous head coach will be the new head coach at Takori Creek High School, which is opening up this year. The Takori Creek Rose is what they will be called. All right, we're here with one of the best quarterbacks. He's only going to be a junior. For Terry Parker, that's Roman Doles. How did you play tonight? Um, I had a decent game. It could have been better. It was a lot of missed reads, a lot of drop ball, but it's going to get better in the season. All right. How is it like getting all this national attention by, like, Alabama and Stanford and all of that? Um, it's pretty good, but I don't let it get to my head. I, I still stay humble and go hard, work out every day, and let it leave it all on the field. Yes, sir. Good luck this season. Yes, sir. Thank you. We're here with one of the best safeties. Safety, right? Safety and DB, safety. safety. DB for Terry Parker. Damani led the Braves in tackles last year. How did you play tonight? I mean, I played good. I didn't get a lot of looks like that what I wanted, but I played a little good. Team played good. We just got to recuperate. Re- uh, how was how it like getting all the attention from, like, uh, Alabama, Georgia, and all those big schools? I mean, it was cool, but you still got to keep working. Still got to keep working. It was cool. All right. Good luck for the Braves this season, man. All right. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And that is your ball game tonight. The score: University Christian twenty-two, and the Terry Parker Braves nothing. Desirio Riles. With two touchdowns. For the Christians. Genoa Alford. With one touchdown. For the Christians. Aurel Gray. With a nice game. For the Christians. All really good players. For the Christians. We're here with one of the best wide receivers. And underrated wide receivers in Jacksonville. And Juwan Gray. How did you play tonight for UC? I played, I played all right, but I still got a lot of stuff to work on. And some of me and my quarterback, we just gotta, we just gotta after practice every day. We just gotta run routes and throw, so we can get, we can get that connection. All right. How is it like playing with one of the best running backs and Orel Gray? Well, it's it's always fun. It's always fun playing with Orel because you never know, and he just he a good player, so he can do anything. All right. And then, how was it like getting the offer? I saw Lehigh offered you, right? How was it like getting those offers from the smaller schools or the bigger schools? Uh, it was good uh, to see that somebody paying attention, you know, they're gonna, they gonna come. I'm gonna yeah. just keep working. Thank you. you All right, we're here with Janella Alford. He's only a, gonna be a rising ninth grader, but a really good game, one touchdown, I believe over a hundred yards receiving tonight. How did y'all play tonight as a team? Uh, we played good. Uh, we dominated on offense and defense. We struggled a little bit in the first quarter, but then we got a fullback and then we ended up winning the game. All right. How was it like playing with one of the best running backs in Jacksonville and Aurel Gray? It's a, it's a huge honor. Uh, to have him on our team you know he he's a big impact on our team and wouldn't be where we at if we didn't have him all right thanks man all right we're here with one of the best running backs in jacksonville a real great he's only gonna be a, a sophomore over a thousand yards last year how did you play for the christians tonight uh, I played pretty well for my team. Uh, it's a um, stance that we could fix. And, um, we just gonna come back stronger, stronger and better <laughs> throughout the season and come back to summer workouts. All right, how was it like in your freshman season? Unfortunately, losing in the two A state championship game. But how was it like getting that far as a freshman? Uh, well, that was that was hard. That was tough. But, like I said, we're going to come back um, bigger and better. And we're going to come back and do way better. We're going to put in the work over the summer. Yes, sir. It's time to win another one. Good luck, man. All right. We're here with the Christians quarterback. That's O.O. Desirio Riles. Two touchdowns for the Christians and one passing. How did you all play tonight on offense? You played pretty good. I mean, I had 50 in my team. I feel like we stepped up uh, mentally and uh, physically as well. All right. How is it like playing on one of the best teams in Jacksonville and University Christian? It feels good. Uh, coming from a state, lost by 13 points. Uh, we know we had a chip on our shoulder, and we need to execute very good on offense and defense and come out with a good victory. Yes, sir. Time to win another one. Hopefully this year. Yes, sir. Hopefully, hopefully put a team over the board and make everybody happy in the city. Yes, sir. Thank you, You're welcome. ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, and once again, welcome to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Alex Nunnery. We are here at Raider Stadium of Orange Park High School. For a terrific spring football game between the Bulls, school fighting Bulldogs, and the Orange Park Raiders, Orange Park High School, led by Coach Tom McPherson, the Bulls, their head football coach in his third season coming up, is Matt Toblin. Toblin. One of the best head coaches in the area. Ladies and gentlemen, as they say in Raiderland, here they come, the Orange Park High School Raiders. Orange Park High School, home of one of the best defensive backs in Jacksonville history. That's former Gator great Adrian White.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, so
1: Bowles High School. Of
2: first and 10, the ball of the line.
1: Home of the great Corky Rogers. He was a legend head football coach at Bowles. The Bowles' most noble know- football alumni currently playing in the NFL right now for the Atlanta Falcons. That's Hayden Hurst. The noble stars on both of these teams. For the Bulls Bulldogs, that's one of the best running backs in Jacksonville. He's gonna be a senior, I believe. That's Cade through. And ladies and gentlemen, for Orange Park, you have one of the best rising junior Outside, we'll go against the offensive linemen in the country. That's Rod. That we'll give the Bulldogs the first down. Inside, 25 yard line being looked at by about close to 100 schools. Oregon, Florida State, UCF among his choices right now. Florida is looking at him as well. Touchdown, Bulldogs, touchdown, Bulldogs, touchdown, Bulldogs. Touchdown. Bulldogs. Touchdown. Bulldogs. That's number eight. Cade Frew, the best running back in Jacksonville, a 21 yard Bulls rushing touchdown to make the score six to nothing. Bulls. Play showing Bulls one of the richest schools in the state of Florida. As well, you either have a lot of money to go to Bowls or you have very, very good grades to go to Bowls. Barry's extra point is terrific. That's Matt Barry, the kicker for Bowls, the quarterback for Bowls. That's Jakey Judge His dad is JSO Chief Police Jimmy Judge Congrats to the Bulls baseball team on a nice win over Pensacola Catholic Wednesday night, the Bulls Bulldogs will play against the first academy This coming up week in the final four Touchdown Bulldogs Touchdown Bulldogs Touchdown Bulldogs That's number eight Cade Frew from nine yards out, Matt Barry's kick is good. The score, with six twenty-two left in the first quarter. Your score: Bulls fourteen, Orange Park Raiders nothing. That touchdown drive was led by DJ. More, also by Patrick Green. More, and Jackie Judge, or Jakey Judge, found an out quarterback. Job. Patrick Green, a really good receiver for Bulls. He was number 17 for Bulldogs. There is no special teams in the spring games this year. The kickoff for
2: Bulls was was
1: caught by number 17 for Orange Park, Nolan Chambers. The leading tackler for the Raiders tonight It's number five, Malik Carter.
0: Carter.
1: The Raiders, their quarterback, is number four, Tavian Wilkerson. On the Orange Park coaching staff, you have... Former NFL receiver Corey Hawkins. Hawkins played at Northern Illinois. Hawkins is receivers coach at Northern Illinois University. Is a great was he great Urban Meyer. We do want to say hello to. J.C. Crumpton. And Ufala Falls, Alabama. Also, Enrique Crum. And Pensacola, Florida. And everyone else listening to us. We appreciate everyone. We will have some Southern Steam football action tomorrow night. The Southern Steam... They will play the Central Florida Bulls. The Bulls, they're from Ocala. The Raider pass. It's intercepted by number 18, Spencer. Service. It's first down, Bulldog. The Bulldogs, one of the best football teams in the state of Florida. They have about 11 or 12 state championship rings. The quarterback on this series for Bulls, that's D.J. Moore. know, Touchdown Bulldog. That's number eight, Cade Frew. A 20-yard touchdown run for Bowles. Matt Berry's kick is perfect. The score, Bowles 21, Orange Park Nothing. We have come to the conclusion of the first quarter here at Hoyt Coatney Stadium of Orange Park High School. The score. The visiting Bulls school Bulldogs 21 and the Orange Park Raiders nothing. Spencer once again on the interception. It's first down, Bulldogs touchdown, Bulldogs. That's Miles. Johnson from seven yards out with a seven yard touchdown run for Bulls. Matt Berry's kick is terrific. It's 28 to nothing, Bulls. With 9 14 remaining in the second. Quarter Touchdown Bulldogs. Number seventeen Patrick Green with a long catch and run for bowls. The score. Thirty-five for bowls. Orange Park, zero. Matt's Barry's kick was perfect once again. That's Miles Johnson on the carry for Bulls, A touchdown! Ooh, Bowles leads it 41 to nothing. 21 on the long touchdown run for Orange Park. That's a Raider touchdown. That's the end of the third quarter, ladies and gentlemen. Your score. Here at Hoyt B Coney Stadium on the beautiful campus of Orange Park High School. The Bulls School Bulldogs, 41. And the home team, the Orange Park Raiders, 6. That's a touchdown. Bulls. That's number 35. Tyrone Neal. The score with 6-12 remaining in the game. Bowls, 47. Orange Park, 6. We will have interviews after this terrific football game. That Orange Park touchdown, about 50 yards. And the third number quarter was by number 21, Alterson. King, Altroy. Alterson just moved to the Jacksonville area from Key West, Florida.
2: Program, program.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of the football game. Your score on is bowls 47. Orange Park 6. Alright, we're here with the Haitian sensation. That's Candy Charles, Liberty Defensive and an Orange Park grad. How did your Raiders play tonight? Unfortunately, the score didn't show it, but how did they play? Well, um, we know um, coming in this game is going to be a challenging, but um, but they just they play with hard, That's all you ask for. And we know that we just need to get this film and work over the summer to see what we need to get done. And that's it for real. All right, how is it like playing at a terrific program like Liberty? Well, it was great. Um, I was around great coaching staff and great players. Um, and that one year I, I
2: don't learn a lot of things that um, I'm glad I, w- I was able to come out here and just um, help these kids out and show them some of the things I learned. That's helping me. And um, I-
1: We're here with Malik Carter, a very good dual threat player that plays both ways for Orange Park. How did you all play tonight?
2: Uh, I think we just need to do a better job of executing.
0: And we got a, a lot of young players with a whole bunch of potential. I believe when we get in the weight room, get
2: better, keep working, we'll be good next year.
1: All right. Do you have any like how is it like playing for one a good coach and coach Mack? Um, he always pushes us to be our best. He keeps it, he
2: keeps it 100 regardless. But if you if you bad, you bad, if you good, you good. He just he's going to coach you the same even if you
1: bad, regardless. All right, thank you. All right, we're here <laughs> with the quarterback for the Raiders, that's Tavian Wilkerson. How did you play tonight? I feel like I did decent as far as getting out of pocket, extending the play for my teammates and trying to get in the ball. All right. How, how does it help you? Does it help you become more creative as a player with, with, with this big man blocking you all the time? Most definitely. He made sure I'm good either side for us or our running backs. He made sure we got a clear hole and he do our best. All right. Thank you. We're here with one of the best offensive linemen in Rod Kearney. He's only going to be a junior next year, but all of the Power Five schools are after him. How did y'all play tonight? Oh, uh, we we got a lot of work to do. Uh, as as far as defense and offense, we got a lot of work to do over the summer, and and entering my junior year, I'll be be working harder, getting my O line together. Um. Yeah. All right. How is it like getting attention from all these bigger schools, or do you not pay attention to that stuff?
0: It only makes me work
2: harder. I only go harder. Like every time, every offer is, is, is just a, another blessing from God, so I just know to work harder after that.
1: That's true. Thank you, man. All right. All right. We're here with one of the best linebackers in Jacksonville, that's Jack Pyburn. Tell us how, how you all play tonight as a team. Uh, I think as a team, we came out here and competed, and we had a good spring. Um, thankful that the team, you know, stayed healthy, most of us, and we had a good spring, able to compete and stay healthy and get after it. I'm glad the young guys got to get in late and make some plays and celebrate with the team, so I'm excited to move into summer and crush it next season, win a state title. All right. How is it like getting all these offers, or, or do you let it get into your head? Um, It's definitely a lot of pressure, and, it, you know, you kind of have to – deal with that pressure and just take it as it comes but I try to block it out and just play my game and play how I always played yes sir thank you thank you all right we're here with one of the best running backs in town that's Cade Frew three touchdowns tonight over 100 yards most likely mm-hmm. how did y'all play tonight we did pretty solid, you know. We just kind of stuck with our assignments and everything, you know. Uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't think too much about it. We just kind of went out there and uh, just played ball's football. So, all right, how is it like being the the big man on canvas, other than that that Jackson Baumeister guy that everyone knows about? <laughs> I mean, I don't think anything of it. I'm just a football player, and I'm just here to play football. So, I mean, it's yeah. it, it's it's cool, but you know, I just, just got to take care of my job on uh, on Friday nights. That's true. Hey, go win a state title this year, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're here with Coach Matt Toblin, the head coach of Bulls, and is entering his third year. How did you all play tonight, Coach? Well, obviously, we did some things well. We need to go back and watch the film, and, and we're going to find the things that we did wrong and make some corrections and try to be better moving forward. Yes, sir. How is it like coaching one of the best in Cade Frew? and? All those great, talented players.
0: And so, I mean, yeah, it, it is awesome. I and mean, Cade is, uh, does a great job. Um, he is physical, and he is fast, and he, is, and he has great vision, and he has all the qualities that you look for in a running back. And it's one of those deals where, like, if we don't block something right sometimes, like, he, he makes us yeah. right. And Thanks, sometimes definitely. the other team has a free hitter or someone in the way, and he makes a miss. And so,
2: it's, I mean, he's special back.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks. Okay. Time to go win and say a title though. Congrats to the Jacksonville University baseball team on a terrific 17-1 to win over Florida Gulf Coast University today. Mike Kassala, with seven strong innings, and also four RBIs today, Dakota, Delilah with a really good game, Ruben Salmayan. with a really good game. The Dolphins will play li- Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, a part of BigJReport.com. My name is Alex Nunnery. I'm the sports reporter here for BigJReport.com and the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We are here at the castle of Creekside High School for a terrific spring football jamboree game between the visiting Baker County Wildcats and the home team, the Creekside Knights. Baker, they're located just an hour away, all interstate pretty much, in McClenney, Florida. Creekside located here in St. John's County, Florida Ladies and gentlemen the head coach of the Baker County Wildcats in his third season that's Mr. Kevin Mays He comes from Vieira High School where he was the head coach of Vieira High School before Baker County The Wildcats, they're led by Ronnie Ellis And quarterback. No way. Their loss from this past season is one of the best running backs in town last year. Scooby Graham. Ladies and gentlemen, Kareekside, their head coach is their very own Mr. Sean McIntyre. Ladies and gentlemen, and for Creekside, the Creekside head coach, their very own Mr. Sean McIntyre. Coach McIntyre comes from the Melbourne area where he played his high school football. He's also part of that Joey Wiles coaching tree where he was the offensive coordinator at St. Augustine High School for a very long time the Creekside Knights, their biggest losses. Jack Goodrich, one of the best receivers in Florida history. Also, Luther McCoy, one of the best defensive ends in Florida history. Luther is going to play at Row the Boat, Minnesota next year. Goodrich, going to play at University of West Florida. But ladies and gentlemen, this Creekside team also lost their quarterback, Daniel Plummer. Plummer, going to play at Trinity Christian. On the bright side for the Knights, their key additions. Returning back for his upcoming senior season, that's one of the best running backs in town. Preston True. And a key addition to our career side coming over from the Bulls School. That's running back, wide receiver, and defensive back, Keaton Thomas. Thomas comes over from the Bulls School. He also played at Palm Beach High School as well. The Knights, they come off a nice win over Bulls last season in the, the regular season. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the last spring football game that we will cover here on the bigjreport.com and teal Show report podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we do want to congratulate the Jacksonville University baseball team on defeating Liberty this morning by a score of two to one. Tyler Santana, eight really good innings for JU. He's a redshirt senior from Coral Gables. 116 pitches for Santana. Dakota, Jalila, Ruben, Samayan, and Christian Koypel all got clutch hits for JU as they ended up beating the top seed of Liberty 2-1 in the a Final Four tournament. Jay will play the winner of Kennesaw and UNF tomorrow at 3 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, we did want to wish a happy birthday to former Creekside Uh Titan and Eastern Carolina Pirate Shane Calhoun. The power of Creekside, the Creekside High School Marching Band, is in attendance tonight. We will play four quarters and special teams as well. A big crowd on hand tonight at the castle. 156 people allowed for Baker County. The Wildcats always travel well wherever they play. Ladies and gentlemen, as they say at Baker County High School, here come the Wildcats. As they say at the castle of Creekside. Here they are, your Creekside Knights! The on-site cape recovered by Creekside. That's a first down, Creekside! A short point for Creekside. That results in a first down, Baker County! Baker County quarterback is number seven, Noah Ray. Number two on the catch. That's a beautiful throw by Ray. That's a Baker County first down. cats. Noah Ray the carry. That's a touchdown Wildcats. That was a one yard touchdown run for Noah Ray for the Wildcats. Number 23's kick is terrific. It's 7 to nothing. Baker County leads Creek time. Ronnie Ellis on the interception for the Wildcats of Baker County. It's first down, Baker. Ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of the first half. Here at the Castle of Creekside High School, the score: the Baker County Wildcats twenty, and Creekside Knights zero. Ladies and
2: gentlemen, please direct your attention to
1: Camden Smith for the Wildcats. A 99-yard so kickoff return, touchdown, Cats. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Baker County Offensive Line Coach, Scott McDonald, And the Baker County Linebackers Coach, Hank Farmer. Both played their collegiate football days at the Jacksonville University. Hank Farmer played under one of the greatest coaches in JU football history. That's Kerwin Bell. Kerwin, now the head coach at Western Carolina University. His nickname is the Flying Mayoan from Lafayette, Mayo, Florida. It's Curran Bell. Scott McDonald was on the very first JU football team back in the 90s with Micah Ross and Lynn Shelton. Maxwell Robinson's pass is complete to to number 15 for Creekside. That's a Creekside first down. The big man. Double three, number 33, John Johnson, the carry. For Creekside. That's another Creekside. First down. The score at the end of the third quarter. It's Baker County, 27, and Creekside, nothing. Cooper, Dix, in the ball
2: carrier.
1: That's a Creekside first down. Austin Reynolds, a catch on the pitch. That's good for another Creekside. First down. Alex Bowen, a former Baker County quarterback and a current Georgia Southern University quarterback Alex Bowen at the Castle of Creekside tonight. This is a Baker County team, ladies and gentlemen. It's one of the best known for that terrific defense. The great C. C. Jefferson played his high school football at Baker County High School. C.C. C. Played for the University of Florida Gators as well. Mike Boone. With the Denver Broncos. A former Cincinnati Bearcat. Played at Baker County High School. We have a minute 45 left in the game. The score. Baker County. The Wildcats. Twenty seven, Creekside, nothing. Ashton Reynolds on the catch. That's good for Creekside. First down. Creekside led by senior linebacker Christian Youssef. Zade, said Zade offers from Georgia Tech. A really good linebacker, probably one of the best linebackers in Jacksonville. Ladies and gentlemen, the clock has a, has officially hit zeros. The score with the final the Baker County Wildcats from all the way in Glen St. Mary area 27 the Creekside Knights 0 we will have a couple of interviews after the coaches meet All right, we're here with the Wildcats head coach, Coach Mays, coming in his third year as Baker's head coach. How did you all play tonight, Coach? Uh, I felt pretty good about things. You know, we got to get a lot of people into play. We got to evaluate some players. Uh, Obviously, we saw some good things. We got to see some things we got to fix before uh, the season starts. Yes, sir. How was it like taking over a Baker program um, led by one of the greats, Jamie Rogers? Oh, it was, you know, it was good coming in. You know, Jamie had built a, uh, a good foundation for us, and we were able to come in and just kind of try to build off what he has done. And, uh, you know, he's gone up to Cook County. He's doing good things up there. But we're proud, uh, you know, us and this coach and staff is proud of what these guys did tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're here with the leader of the Baker County defense. That's Ronnie Ellis. He had a nice interception tonight led that defense to a shutout as well. How did you play tonight? I think I um, I played pretty
0: good tonight. I got
1: some things I need to work on defense. We got some things we need to work on as a team, but we gonna be we're gonna be prepared for the season. All right, and we're with the starter quarterback. That's Noah Ray. How did you play tonight? Uh, I think I played pretty good. Uh, overall as a team, we got a few things to work on. Uh, I mean, a few missed tackles, few missed blocks. But overall, I think we've been pretty good through the spring, and we'll keep continue it through summer. All right, how is it like taking over from one of the best in Alex Bowen? Uh, I mean, it feels pretty good. I mean, I think I fit right in, and uh, we're really getting the team rolling right now. All right, good luck this season, guys. Yes, sir, thanks. All right, we're here with Keaton Thomas. Unfortunately, he did not play, but he's going to be a new addition to the Creekside offense. How did you like all the effort from your future teammates. Um yeah, I thought it was um lacking a little bit tonight. We did come out a little lackluster, but um yeah, towards the end I liked how we started to push and uh yeah, I believe in these guys and I think we have the p- uh, potential to go pretty far. Uh, we just got to put a lot of work in this summer and then we should be uh we should do some great things in the fall. All right. Unfortunately, you left a great program like Bulls, but how was it like playing for the Bulldogs for a year? Um it was all right. I think uh, it was fun. It was a fun ride. We went to States. Uh, we didn't end up winning it, but uh, I learned a lot of things about myself. And uh, it, it was cool. It was, it was a fun ride. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. All right. We're here with one of the best defensive linemen in probably Creekside history and row of the boat. That's Luther McCoy. How, how did your team play at night? Uh, First how kind of slow, you know, a little bit. Uh wasn't really focused at all. Kind of disappointing a little bit, but you know, it's just a spring game, so you know, come back in the season and uh, go off a little bit. All right. How, how are y'all gonna do at Minnesota? How is how is the vibe at Minnesota? Uh, it's great. close fucking like, cool. Um, Cause Will, you know, clutch whatever D line. Yeah. Really cool person. Uh, I went to visit during a uh, spring break. It was nice to stay. Uh, the campus. everything, nice. You know, I think the city's nice, and um. Our first game is uh, Ohio State, actually, so I can't wait. Yeah, good luck, man. Thank you.
2: All
1: right, we're here with one of the best linebackers in Jacksonville, Christian Youssef Zade for Creekside. How did your D play tonight? Uh, we didn't play the best of our ability. Uh, we didn't finish through plays. We didn't get to the ball, but I saw
2: some good stuff. We were working hard all spring. Uh, we're missing some guys in our secondary. Uh, our D-line played pretty good. Uh, that's all I got.
1: All right. How, how do you think that offense is going to look with the addition of Keaton Thomas and Jacob Denny? Uh,
2: I think they'll be real good. Uh,
1: I love both of them. Got to know both of them. Uh, I'm tight with both of them. Uh, I think they can be a real big help in our passing game. And Denny got some wheels to him, so he can roll. Uh, Keaton. Everybody knows Keaton. Uh, he can go make plays. He's a big playmaker, so it's a good addition. All
0: right, thanks, man. Yeah. Hey, thank you uh, very much, Alex Nunry, our big j report.com. Uh, sports reporter. That's right. Uh, Alex Nunry, our big j report.com sports reporter uh with a lot of interviews and reports on uh high school baseball high school football jamboree from across north florida and surrounding areas you know alex uh follows many different sports a lot of high school football jamboree action high school baseball Um, alex covers semi-pro football indoor football and much much more thank you so much uh for the reports and interviews Alex Nunry here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Some good news while we were listening to Alex's reports, we also found out that JU defeated Liberty. That's right, JU defeats Liberty. How about that? JU wins 7-3 to to win that A-Sun tournament uh, championship game. And a big, big victory uh, for JU. Uh, Final score was... Uh, seven to three. Last time I saw Alex report on it on the uh, in the Facebook group was two to one Ju, but now I've looked up the score and the report I've got coming up. The report I have coming in says Jacksonville University seven and Liberty three. Uh, the final score. So again, uh, congratulations uh, to the uh, Ju Dolphins. Uh, that's right, the Ju Dolphins uh, win that. Uh, that baseball game that a son uh, championship baseball game today, uh, JU finishes their, uh, regular season and their a son tournament, uh, with a record of 16 and 32 Liberty, a great year, 39 and 14. As Alex had told me, Liberty's already going to get a bid apparently to the NCAA tournament in baseball. And again, congratulations to Ju. um, a Sun Championship, A Sun Tournament Championship for Ju. After having such a, you know, a disappointing regular season, you know, Ju came to play. They seemed to start uh, uh, falling, and, and everything seemed to be falling together on all cylinders in this A Sun Tournament for Jacksonville. Uh, Ju defeated UNF eight to five yesterday in eleven innings in the uh, Friday game on May twenty eighth. In Today's game on Saturday, May the 29th, JU with a big 7-3 win over Liberty. Liberty basically the number one seed in the tournament. and uh, The big inning for JU was five runs. JU got five runs in the bottom of the seventh inning and, of course, had a big home run blast early in the game from Mike Casala as well. So congratulations to JU on defeating Liberty in that A-Sun championship game. JU-7, and Liberty-3, the final score. We want to thank our producers of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, Alex Nunry. Thank you for helping to produce the uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you, certainly, Alex, for the interviews and reports. As Alex is going everywhere on the road, high school baseball, high school football jamborees uh, here in the spring, uh, here in the year 2021. So, again, thank you, Alex Nunry. Alex Nunnery he helps to produce the Teal Shirt Report, along with JC, our freelance writer, our freelance writer on the bigjreport.com. Uh, also, want to thank our sponsors uh, Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast, Saucer Realty for your real estate needs in North Florida, whether it's home, residential, business, commercial. Remember Larry Saucer. With Saucerility, if you want to move to this beautiful North Florida area, or maybe you're looking to, you know, sell your your home, what have you, contact Larry Saucer with Saucerility. You can find the link to Saucerility by going to BigJReport.com, scrolling the home page, and when you get to the weather information, the 24/7 weather, about halfway through the weather report uh, on the home page, you'll find the link to Saucerility. And again, thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast today, brought to you by Anchor.fm, Saucerility, LakeUfallHits.com for great internet radio, where it's all good. They have uh, uh, Rock Saturdays on Saturday. And, of course, uh, during the week, Monday through Friday, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. Otherwise, great recognizable hits, where it's all good, Lake for great internet radio. So again, thank you to our sponsors, Anchor.fm, Saucerility uh, here in North Florida, and of course, Lake Special thanks to our uh, producers, uh, Alex Nunry, uh, producing the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and a special thank you to JC, our, our freelance writer on the BigJReport.com. And again, Alex is our BigJReport.com sports reporter. And that's going to do it for this uh, thirty-second episode, episode number thirty-two of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll have a, you know, we'll have another Teal Shirt Report podcast again real soon. And you can go back and listen to previous episodes. A lot of things going on here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott. You can follow us at uh, bigjreport.com. And again, thank you for listening to the podcast. Have a great day. Uh, We'll talk to you again soon, okay? Take care.